Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I am, of course, Al. I am recording this on Thursday, May 7th. A couple quick announcements before I get to the main show. First, if any of you purchased the Nepal Red Cross charity bundle that I offered last week, thank you. I was able to raise a little less than $150 for this cause. Yes, small, just a drop in the bucket, I know. But again, thank you very much for any of you who did contribute by purchasing the bundle. I appreciate it. Now, the reason I'm making this announcement is because, as you may remember from my previous podcast, I mentioned my friend Dawn and I were going to do an episode about... Uh, different characters from fiction and who we thought would win in a fight. Unfortunately, Dawn and I have not had a chance to record that episode yet. My friend Dan from Radio Free Borderlands, we did make another episode for that, except this one focused on robots, and that's what you are going to hear today. And the reason I'm airing this first is, well, just because I didn't want to... Uh, delay my podcast any longer. I know I missed last week. I apologize about that. Uh, One of the reasons is for my day job, we're getting to the busy time of the year, and I've had to work several hours of overtime over the last couple weeks, which is, of course, good for my paycheck, but it does leave me with less time to do my podcast and uh, write game products and do other things, but What are you going to do? Well, anyways, uh, Dan and I recorded this topic, so I hope you will enjoy it. Uh, Again, so at the start when I say that, uh, you know, Dawn and I had talked about this topic already, just ignore that part. Now, also, this will be the last episode I'll be offering on drive-thru stuff. So in the future, what you'll want to do is you'll want to go to podbean.com and look up POI Game Studio or Geekery in general, and either one of those should bring up the podcast. So you can either listen to it on the website, either by streaming, or you can also download it. Uh, you can also download it through the, uh, the Podbean app, which I know is available through iTunes, for iPhone and iPad. I'm not sure if the Podbean app is available for other smartphones, but that's certainly something you can look for. And the podcast is also available on iTunes as well. I'd also like to apologize in advance in case I do sometimes miss a week with my podcast. Again, it's probably just because of the amount of overtime I've been putting in at work. And also sometimes I have problems getting my schedule and the schedule of my my guests who help me out with this show. Sometimes our schedules don't always mesh up very easily. So thank you again for listening. Again, any of you who purchased the Red Cross bundle, thank you. I also have another charity bundle I'll be offering in a couple of weeks. This one is going to be donated to the Wounded Warrior Project, a charity that helps American troops who have been injured in the line of duty. 
Welcome to another episode of Points of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. And joining me today is my good friend Dan from Radio Free Borderlands. How's it going today, Dan? Spundiliocious. I have no idea what that means. I just made it up. Spundiliocious. We'll go with pretty good. Okay, well, we can do that. I, I just. I just wasted some time. Spundiliosis. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't think I, anyone I was knows. having a heavy rotation. If you know what splendiliosis means, write it down on a piece of paper, throw it away, and try not to think about it. Do you, do you don't you don't know where that reference came from? That I said with the uh, if you don't if you know what it means, throw it on write it down on a piece of paper, throw it away, and try not to think about it. Sounds like something right out of. <laughs> I bet you're going to have to edit this, huh? Probably. Um, sounds like some Caddyshack. Actually, it's from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, man. You know how long it's been since I've seen that? Probably too long, because mm. one of my favorite episodes of that show uh, was they were doing the movie The Day the Earth Froze, <clears> which <throat> is based on the Finnish legend of, I'm probably mispronouncing this, but the Sampo. Was that and... the one with Timmy the Littlest Viking? No. Oh, okay. But the it's based on the legend of the sample, and it's really funny because at the start of the episode, it's showing how cold it is. There's a blizzard, and they're like, you know, it shows the title, The Day the Earth Frozen. They're like, they're talking like, uh, youpers, like, oh, cripes, I remember that day. Yeah, it was, I remember, uh, you know, Toiva had to go jumpstart the Chevy, and it was just so ding-dang cold, I go outside, and this stuff in my nose just freeze right up. And, well, part of the one of the running jokes in this particular episode is they keep talking about the sample, which in Finnish mythology, the sample is a device that I think it can produce like gold, wheat, salt, silver, uh, you know, things that you need to survive. And they don't know what it is. But uh, what happens is the two main heroes of the epic, Lymankainen and Ilmarinen, I do apologize uh, if I mispronounced those names, but they have to travel to the land of Pokolia, and there's the evil witch queen there whose name I cannot remember, but he... Call her Ruth. <laughs> but she kidnaps uh, Ilmarinen's uh, sister, Anarchy, and, you know, of course, uh, uh, Lymankainen and Ilmarinen go to rescue her, and the... In order to get Anarchy back, uh, the Queen demands that uh, Ilmarinen, who is this legendary blacksmith, build the sample. And, okay, in case you heard that cat. noise in the background, that's my cat, Tiger, sitting on my desk here. And he just knocked some books over, so. He was using his head to make sweet, sweet love to your computer, too. So. Yeah, he does that all the time. But anyways... So essentially, since they don't they don't know what a sample is, and that's one of the running jokes for the first part of the episode, and then one of the robots is like, if you know what a sample is, write it down on a piece of paper, throw it away, and try not to think about it. My question is, is it a free sample? Swing, wang, wang, wang. It wasn't... Oh, free sample, free sample, <laughs> I get... Ah, I see what you did yeah, there. I told you that was a schwang, wang, wang joke. Yes, that was... Too bad I don't have a sound effect I can do with the trombone. But anyways. 
on to today's topic. Now, as you may recall in my last episode, my guest Dawn and I talked about who would win in a fight. It's something that geeks, people like us, gamers, we like to debate all the time. Now, when you were a kid, did you ever have debates with friends like, you know, who would win Superman or Wolverine or anything like that? Uh, yeah, uh, usually the one who always came out on top was Lemmy. <laughs> For Motorhead? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I stand by that, too. I still think Lemmy could beat the living shit. Stuff. Sorry, I forgot. You have a no-cussing show. Yes, yeah, I try anybody. to keep it clean. Lemmy would make Chuck Norris weep. <laughs> weep. Weep like a preschooler who just wet their pants. Okay. he's Lemmy. Okay. Well, anyways, so today we're going to be, for today's episode, Who Would Win in a Fight? It's Big Robot Edition. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, some big robots. And let's start with... I I know three or four, so I I might be helpful. Okay. Well, let's start with uh, one interesting one, talking about big things. One of them is technically not a robot, of course, and that's the Death Star vs. Unicron from the Transformers. Now, the reason I was thinking of this would be an interesting matchup is both are planet destroyers. Of course, Unicron uh, is eats up planets for fun, and the Death Star, of course, being the ultimate space station weapon of Star Wars, is designed to destroy planets. So, Unicron, a godlike being, and in Transformers fiction, I believe he's pictured as a singular entity. He can travel across different realities. And it's estimated he's destroyed about 22% of all known universes. He's also known to be able to empower lesser beings to do his will. Like, you remember the 1986 Transformers movie, right? The animated one? Yeah, this is the only one that counts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But the... Well, I don't know of the... I know you're not a fan of the Michael Bay ones, but Dark of the Moon was actually no, pretty no, good. No, I am not a fan of Michael Bay's Transplosion series. <laughs> I know it. They're they're not great, but Dark of the Moon wasn't bad. I actually liked that one, but that's a topic for uh, I, I think right off the bat, you need to take a good look at though, because both of these things were destroyed. But you got to look at who destroyed them to see who really would win. Yes. Um, so, for example, the Death Star was blown up by a fellow who had recently come off of a uh, stint on... Tatooine? No. A fa- I, it was either a family affair or eight is enough. I want to <laughs> say it was a family affair. Uh, Mr. Mark uh, Mark Hamill. Where, whereas the de- um, Unicron was destroyed by... Judd Nelson and some Korean animators. <laughs> well, I mean, the... So I don't know. right off the bat, Unicron would win. Yeah, and I would think that, too, because, in theory, the Death Star's death ray could blow up Unicron. Um, it's kind of hard to picture Unicron's scale. If you go by a lot of the movies and such, he is pictured approximately the same size as Cybertron. When he's in his planet form. Here's the and problem with that. Here's the problem with that. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get too far in this, you got to understand one thing. I, 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 I totally agree with you. Scale is very difficult, and it's, but it's partially, in my opinion, based on what I've seen of that cartoon nowadays. It's because somebody at the uh, production office said, 
you know what? The kids don't care about the scale, and neither do we. Go. <laughs> but because Cybertron, depending on which tra- work of Transformers fiction, Transformers fiction you consult, sorry, I mean, I've, I believe they've placed Cybertron as anywhere from approximately the same size as Earth to about the size of Saturn. Now, I'm not sure how Alderaan, how big Alderaan was. It was probably about the same size as the Earth. But, of course, the problem with this, the, the death beam, or the, you know, the planet-destroying beam on the Death Star, is, of course, it takes time to charge. So, theoretically, Galvatron, I'm sorry, not Galvatron, Unicron could outmaneuver it. Plus, we also have to consider, okay, how was the Death Star destroyed? By a one-man Starcraft. How was Unicron destroyed? The Matrix. Yes, the embodiment of life, wisdom, and knowledge. So it is possible that since Unicron is a, de- a godlike being... And Judd Nelson. <laughs> I mean, Hot Rod. <laughs> Rodimus Prime. Well, but he was... Oh, yeah, he was... He, yeah, he was Rodimus Prime when he used the Matrix. But, yeah, since uh, Unicron had to be defeated by the embodiment of life and wisdom... and he the wasn't Death completely Star, defeated... That's true. wasn't completely defeated. His head turned into, like, the moon of Cybertron, which also tells me that I think Unicron's probably bigger than the Death Star. Yeah. Because they refer to it as a small moon in Star Wars, where, you know, I'm almost feeling like the Death Star would be the size of Unicron's head. Well, Death Star, I believe, is ab- about 75 miles across. Well, I don't know. That's just going with the descriptions that he's in the movies. Yes, I know. the. That's no moon. That's your mama! Oh, sorry. Sorry, robot. Did you ever robot. see that scale of the universe thing? It's, 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 it's a shockwave thing somebody made up, and it goes all the way down to, like, you know, uh, quantum string, and all, all goes all the way up to the size of the known universe. I may have, It's yeah. really cool, and then... You can move it up and down and just check out the scale of everything. Is the Death Star in there? No, but I always thought it would be really funny if at the very end of it, when it says the scale of the known universe, somebody would have put your mama. <laughs> but, you know. That's me. Some no. people don't have that kind of sense of humor. Okay, no no, your, no, your mama, no more your mama jokes yeah. for this episode. That was from Robot Chicken where uh, the Emperor and Luke were having a, a yo mama fight. And it's like, yo mama's so fat that Ben Kenobi took one look at her and said, that's no moon. That's your mama. That's really bad. Those are horrible jokes. I mean, I not, I'm not saying mean. Work. I'm saying they're they're terrible. Oh, I could think of worse jokes than that. Right? Oh, yeah? Your mama's so fat that Jabba the Hutt took one look at her and said, damn! But, I think, okay, I, I think we would both agree. As Those a are bad jokes. Yes, they were. And Unicron would probably win in a fight. Uh, yeah, because he's Unicron. He is Unicron. But let's go to the main focus, and th- I thought this would be an interesting matchup, uh, to talk a little bit about Voltron, and I know there's been several versions of Voltron. We're going to go with the classic uh, Lion Voltron mm-hmm. versus G1 Transformer Combiners. And I thought this is an interesting matchup because both are basically big robots made of smaller robots. Uh, now, I understand that. I don't know as much about Voltron. I think you probably know a little bit more about Voltron than I do. Mm-hmm. But as I recall, I believe in the Japanese version, Voltron was originally a sentient being who got arrogant, so a goddess split him up into the five lions. And... That's not in, in, in the American cartoon. 
Yeah, the American there were cartoon. Still, there were still pilots. Because they describe, you know, giving in the first couple episodes, giving the uniforms and stuff to the to the new guys, and you know, finding the keys and things like that. But they say that it was um, Hagar, the witch, uh, Zarkons. She did it. Mm-hmm. So, so what are some of Voltron's powers? Because uh, I know, of course, he has his big sword that he uses to cut. What are they? Row beasts or robot beasts? Yeah, that's what they called them. So he, he uses them to slice up row beasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of uh, Voltron's other powers or abilities that you can remember? Um, the heads used to, to shoot out, if I remember right. The heads on the, that, that were made up the, uh, the hands and the feet, they would shoot out and rip and tra- tear and then come back. Yeah, because wasn't... Um, wasn't there like, there was like a beam that came out of the chest thing, and uh, there was an eye beam, I think. Now, did the Voltron robot have different... Because I know, of course, each robot line had a different color and was kept in a different area. Mm-hmm. Did the robot's lines have any specific elemental powers or was just kind of like generic lasers, energy, fire type things? I don't remember. Holy crow. Okay. Well, well either way. Well, let's move. let's talk about how Voltron would fare against different... Uh, Transformer Combiners teams. Now, I think in most cases, Voltron would have an advantage because one of the things they do mention in Transformers Fiction is that when, again, you've got these robots that are combining and that sometimes these personalities of these individual robots compete with each other or they conflict with each other. And now, what do you remember of how Voltron, because wasn't like... There's a definite height advantage. Um... Consider the fact that when you look at the the Voltron guys, um, they they often depicted them sitting in the or the cockpit as being up in the forehead of the lion head, right? Mm-hmm. Now let's take the average combiner is about the size of a normal vehicle. Um, I think it was the Stunticons, for example. They were all there was a there was a semi truck and uh, yeah Menasaur or yeah uh, Motormaster was the semi truck yeah. and then the others were sport cars which so right off the bat the lions are considerably larger than the vehicles in the combiner teams well I don't know it's kind of, again this is scale and of course it's an 80s cartoon so I don't think they were really very strict on that because I mean you look at the size of a combiner compared compared to a regular Transformer, Mm -hmm. they are considerably bigger, even if, like, you take the, you know, the individual limbs. So it seems when they do combine, they do gain mass, which, of course, when we were watching that show as kids, we probably didn't really pay much attention to. I I would still argue Voltron's probably larger. Now, when the robots were combined, did, uh, was it Keith was the main pilot? Yeah. Did he have control over all the limbs, or did the the did the other pilots have a certain degree of autonomy? I don't think any of that was ever brought up uh, yeah, that I know of. But in a, it's still kind of interesting because in both cases we would have a, you know they were several different they personalities. Were good, they were good guys. They they liked to act together. Well, let's start with the first Transformers combiner, and that was Devastator, made up of the Constructicons. So who do you think would win if we took Voltron against Devastator? Voltron. Yeah, and I agree too, because one of the things they do mention with 
uh, Devastator, and this is actually something you see in a lot of the uh, Transformer Combiner teams. If you look at their stat cards, I don't know if you ever remember looking at them or if you've seen I, any of no, them. No, I remember them. I just don't remember those specific ones. Usually, the in most cases, but not all, but in most cases, uh, the combined form of the different combiner teams is actually, their intelligence is actually fairly low compared to a regular Transformer. And they in fiction, they describe it as, it's almost like the the combined robot is its own individual entity that kind of takes on this new personality made up of all the other personalities that uh, of the the robots that are making the the combiner up now in the case of devastator yeah i think voltron would win in this case because devastator is extremely stupid even by combiner standards well plus, granted he's not the, the the stupidest of the combiners but i don't know how much you remember from the cartoon i i remember enough to tell you this i specifically remember numerous times in both the first and second season where somebody gives devastator and other combiner teams a good enough wallop to knock them back into their original pieces and nobody did that to voltron <laughs> now we did mention the stunticons before menasaur combined form of the Stunticons. Who do you think would win that one? It's Voltron. <laughs> okay, you're so, I, I have a feeling you're going to go for Voltron on all these. Yes, because he's like twice the size of all of the other ones. He doesn't fall apart when you punch him. Well, let's assume... And, and, and Optimus Prime beat the living piss out of all of them. You might as well just go right to Optimus Prime versus Voltron. Well, let's assume that... Let's take size out of it. Mm -hmm. Let's assume that uh, the combiners in their combined form and Voltron are about the same size. But in this hard time working with each other. And the main reason is they all hate Motormaster. He is, he's kind of this doom and gloom guy. Breakdown is paranoid. Uh, Wild Rider and Dragstrip, I believe, are pictured as being just, you know, totally reckless and they don't care. Um, so, yeah, I think they would probably win that fight. So, or I'm sorry, Voltron would win that fight. Now, do you remember the Seacons? Uh, what was the, the... They transformed into uh, various ocean creatures of no, fictional and... I... When the hell did those come from? Uh, they're, they appeared later in the... They didn't appear in the G1 series, so that might be why you, you're not familiar with them. Mm -hmm. I don't think they appeared in Headmasters. I think they didn't appear until, in fiction anyway, until some of the later cartoons, the ones that they only got in Japan. Mm -hmm. But the Seacons, they've combined to form Piranacon. Again, like a lot of the other combiners, he does carry a big sword, which I actually think did have a triple prong tip. Didn't Voltron sort of have that too, or? Yeah, it kind of looked like Dragon Bait's sword, except pointed the other direction. So, who do you think? What about that fight? It'd be close, but uh, Voltron. Well, yeah, and I think it would be close, but what really would? I it probably the reason I think this would be close is because Piranacon, um, he. The Seacons do work fairly well together, but the key for a Voltron victory in this would actually be keeping Voltron or keeping Pranacon out of the water, uh, because it is shown it has been said that his again since these are sea creatures, of course, their uh, reflexes are impaired when they're on land too long. 
Next, one of my favorite combiner teams, the Predacons, combining to form Predaking. I hated that one. Voltron, just because the oh, Predacons we're... suck. No, I'd have to disagree, because one of the things about Predaking is his five components work together perfectly. Because um, all of them are, all the per, the Predacons are driven primarily by instinct. So when they do combine to form uh, Predaking, their personalities are actually very unified and they can actually perform very, very effectively. So I don't know. I pers I think, while it might be close, I think in that case Predaking would probably uh, beat Voltron. I, I gotta tell you, man, Voltron's gonna win that one. Nah, I think Predaking's instincts will. Alright, what's the next one? Okay. Next one. You agree Bruticus. to disagree. Okay, we'll agree to disagree. Bruticus. What about Bruticus? No way, man. No, no. Voltron all the way because Bruticus yeah. was old. Remember? Oops. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry. I'll go. Uh, Bruticus was old. David described it. He's like World War II era technologies, they said. Well, actually, that's kind of bring up an right. interesting point because the backstory is their vehicles. Yes, Swindle. There Swindle was an episode where he did sell out his uh, his his fellow Combaticons for parts because they were. Yeah, defeated. wasn't it from Carbamia? The, no, was... um, I think they he lost. The episode I think was Bot B O T, and okay, it's one that. of the worst Transformers episodes ever made. But Car it, the ones involving the, the, the terrorist nation Carbamia, those were the episodes that caused Casey Kasem to leave yes. the series in disgust. But, okay, well, here's the backstory behind the Compaticons. They were... Starscream, of course, gets kicked out of the Decepticons again. Yeah, he gets his revenge by creating the Compaticons using the... Um, he, well, they, he went back to Cybertron, and he, yeah. they called it the personality components of Decepticon rebels, uh, which were... Basically, they were political prisoners. And so what happened is when Starscream returned to Earth, he went to this island he was exiled to that happened to be the site of a World War II battle. And he put the personality components in these old vehicles, and they reformatted themselves. I don't know how that's supposed to work. It's an 80s cartoon. We Again, they we usually don't question <laughs> those kind of things. But they... So I don't think the fact that they originally came from old vehicles really would have affected anything. Um, but Bruticus does consistently lose to the other Combiner teams. And he was also, like he was defeated by Menasaur, I know. Uh, and he, Starscream put like an override switch in the back of his head in case the Compaticons turned on him. Which they did after, in the episode Bruticus's Revenge. But also, again, he is pictured as being exceptionally stupid, even by mm -hmm. a combiner standard. So moving on, Abonymous, made of the Terracons. The what? The Terracons. I don't remember. Remember the episode Grimlock's New Brain from Season 2, or Season 3? I try so hard to forget any time Dinobots are brought up. I take it you're, you're not a Grimlock fan? hated Grimlock. I still hate Grimlock is... Let me put it this way. There was a scene in the movie with Grimlock and Wheelie talking to each other. That is the scene in the movie that makes me almost wish it was the Michael Bay one, so you could explode <laughs> the two of them. I you know. get chip if I get tripped. Oh, good. Could, could we just agree Wheelie was the most annoying? <laughs> yes, we can agree. And the that second will... most annoying was... Well, okay. I, yes, I know there are agree. a lot of... There, there's, there's about as many Grimlock and Dinobot fanboys as there are 
Boba Fett fanboys. I have to accept this. Yes, we can all agree that Wheelie was pretty annoying, even though he did have some pretty cool rhymes. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Will Smith, when he was was... the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, had cooler rhymes than him. There was one uh, story that did actually picture him as pretty badass. Uh, do you remember back when we were kids, you know, we had the scholastic order forms? Yeah. There was one story called uh, Wheelie, the Wild Boy of Quintesson. And, you know, he was wearing like a necklace of shark tooth or shark tacon uh, teeth, and he had this laser knife. He was pretty badass in that no, one. No, he wasn't. He was still Wheelie. <laughs> All right. But. All right. Okay. So, Abonymous. Who do you Dad, in one little fight, and my mom got scared. She said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. <laughs> but Abonymous, terrifyingly powerful, but also terrifyingly stupid. He actually has an intelligence score of one, which is far worse than any other combiner. So let me guess, you're still going to go with Voltron, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because that one I could agree with because... Volt, because Abonymous's strength can be countered with intelligence. Uh, we're going to talk about the next one in a moment, Computron, because uh, I don't know how much you remember of the Grimlock's New Brain episode. I remember Computron vaguely. Which one? Uh, Computron was made of the Technobots. Uh, the, was that the Jets? No, they were future vehicles, sci-fi vehicles. Okay. See, in that particular episode, what happened was... The Decepticons were trying to get, I think they were like anti-neutrons from uh, Unicron's brain. And uh, Grimlock, earlier in the episode, he was involved in an accident that made him super intelligent. Well, while he was in Grimlock's brain, he created the Technobots. Uh, And he actually made them with intelligence in mind because he knew that was the only way he'd be able to counter Abonymous's raw power. Which, of course, that after he did this, he basically took all his intelligence, transferred it to the Technobots, which, of course, made uh, Grimlock back to his Unbearably regular... Unbearably stupid? Yes, his okay. unbear Me, Grimlock self. So, speaking of that episode, again, we have Computron, made of the Technobots. And the, and the Computron, as I said, was specifically built with intelligence in mind. So, how do you think this fight would play out? <laughs> Other than Voltron. Voltron, man. But it would be really, really, really close. I do remember Capuchon being pretty cool. So I think it'd be very, very close. Almost a tie. But Voltron would win because it's Voltron. And actually, and I think... And he was a defender of the universe for a reason, man. And the, I know, and the Technobots are created by Grimlock, but... Grimlock, okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, I think Voltron would have a... There is one factor that would make Voltron have a distinct advantage over Computron. Part of Computron's problem is he's a lot slower thinker than the other... He's intelligent, but he's a slow thinker. The reason is because he has to... So he's like Windows 3.1. Yeah, exactly. A little bit. But what, see, what Computron has to do is whenever he needs to make a decision, he has to consider every possible situation and outcome. So that's his biggest flaw yeah, is he key. does... Keith was a decisive leader, and if he didn't decide, the bossy princess would tell him what to do. Wasn't one of them, was a guy in the brown leather jacket? That's Lance. Lance, wasn't he kind of the... Brash. Yeah, the brash one, he kind of rebelled against Keith, or... Not really, he was more of the, uh, 
he he was the second in command who wasn't who was more of a smart ass. And I don't think that's a cussing word. So yeah, and I think wasn't because Pip and what was the other one? Chunk or Lunk? Pidge and Chunk. Yeah, they were pretty. They pretty much were just followers. They kind of went with. Oh no, no, they had really good stories too. But poor Chunk. I always felt or I always felt bad for him. Chunk was the little kid from the Goonies. Okay, Superion. The combined form of the aerial bots. Okay, I remember them. They were good guys, right? Yes, they were. Well, see, again, that'd be really, really close. I'd go so far as to say, I don't think they'd fight. Well, I Same think... with Copytron. They'd be like, no, we got to be on the same well, team. Well, we'll assume that we're assuming they're going to fight, so... What, are <laughs> but... they bored? Yeah, or it's possible that... Hey, help me out here. G- 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 give me a situation where Voltron would fight these good guys. They're good! They're, they're, uh... Well, the... Is one of them, like, a secretly a, a major jerk? Well, it's possible that. I mean, if we're taking two universes and doing, like, a universe crossover, it's possible that, like, the... Okay, they see we're this robot made of five lions. Of mid, uh, we're diving into the depths of late 90s GeoCities websites, yes, aren't we? Yes, we okay. are. We are we're fanboy Our raging home. here. But, okay. Well, not raging. I'm, I'm just trying to get a get a scope of where we are. Okay. All right. I still think Voltron. Yeah, and because one of the problems with Superion, not only does he have the intelli- the limited intelligence of most of the other combiners, he also has a hard time adapting to new situations. And I think Voltron's five human pilots could think more creatively, which would make them less predictable. So I think that you know while Superion is is powerful. I think that the human pilots, they could probably come up with a better plan that would probably confuse Superion and make it hard for him to try to determine what to do. Because, again, he can't really adapt to new situations, so he's not much of a tactician. Well, this brings us to the last of the G1s. Oh, you're not going to talk about the protect bots. They're not yes, going to fight. Defensor. No. Defensor. Defensor's a defender. Voltron's a defender. They'd never, ever, ever fight. Okay, let's say that the... They'd be like bros and stuff. They'd be like, hey, bro. Hey, bro. <laughs> let's go and, like, uh, lift um, giant robot weights and go get a robot latte or something. Okay, well, well, let's assume they're going against Shattered Glass Defensor. Shattered Glass Defensor is the bad guy. Are you familiar with Shattered Glass? Not in the least. So, Transformers Shattered Glass is an alternate universe type series where, again, the Decepticons are brave and heroic and noble and the Autobots are evil and everything's flip-flopped. Like, uh, in this one, you know, Starscream is actually very loyal to Megatron and Cyclonus is the one who actually turns out to be the traitor, which know. is different from the G1. So, But let's assume that Defensor and Voltron are getting into a fight. Sorry. You're going to say Voltron? I'm going to say Voltron. I actually think it would be close, but probably Defensor. Because oh. he does have a, the ability to put up a force field that I don't think Voltron would really be able to counteract. Um, there is one thing that I could see Voltron having to exploit, though, which he wouldn't. Remember, the Defensor, the Protectobots, their instinct is to protect. So, really, Voltron's best strategy would be to put innocent lives in danger. And that's not something that I could see the Voltron pilots doing. Oh, I don't know. But, if you're fighting on Mountain or on uh, Planet Doom, well, maybe they would be willing to. Possibly. Of course, or, those people aren't innocent. They're, they're members of the <laughs> Doom Empire. Well, I don't know. Does uh, uh, Has Voltron ever shown to be able to uh, use his sword to cut through force fields? Or I believe so. 
Okay. I don't know. I still think Defensor but, would probably win. Because he's defensive. Let's just take it a step further. Voltron and Unicron. Boom. Okay, mm. this is where we're getting good. Ooh, and and okay. yes, yes, I will say in that fight, Unicron wins. Because he is Unicron, and it would take 100 Voltrons to be the size of Unicron. Well, and I think the other reason, as I said the uh, before, the only way they were able to defeat Unicron in the movie was... You know, the Matrix being the embodiment of wisdom. And while Voltron is powerful, he's not the embodiment of wisdom. He's the embodiment of all, which is good. <laughs> all that was defensive. awesome in the 80s. And um, he's the defender of the universe. I mean, obviously, he's going to eventually have to defend against. But you got to consider, though, I mean, they sent swarms of Transformers after Voltron, and they weren't able to really, or after, I'm sorry, not Voltron, after Unicron, and they weren't able to do anything. Uh, Volt, Unicron has even been shown to be able to take on... I'm just like, saying Unicron would win. Well, yeah. I'm and, agreeing. Yeah, cause, and Unicron, he was able to defeat Scorponok, which would probably be fairly close to Voltron in terms of size and power and intelligence. All right. So, okay, we can agree that Unicron would definitely Unicron own Voltron's probably the shiny metal butt. ultimate fake robot of all time. Yeah. So there, there's nothing in the Voltron series that would be like uh, an embodiment of wisdom or, or life or knowledge. Yeah, Voltron. <laughs> okay, but we still Voltron. Maybe agree. the Dead King. I don't know. All right. So, what's the next one? Okay. I'm waiting for you to to ask who's gonna win in a fight between some random robot and 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 Vicky from Small Wonder. Hmm. Small Wonder. Haven't seen that show in ages, but I remember watching it. You want to describe Small Wonder? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, I can describe it pretty easy. It was a syndicated. Hey, hey watch the language. Now I got to go back and edit that out. It was an awful. Okay. It was awful. It was awful. I, I have to say that. I'm sorry if you liked it. If you liked it, good on you. But to my, my eyes and ears and brain, it was awful. I mean, I remember liking. Small wonder when I was a kid, but I'm sure that if I was to go back and watch it as an adult, I'd probably be like, okay, what did I see in this crap? But basically, Small Wonder, it's a show about a family, and the uh, the father, I guess, is some robotics expert, and he builds uh, Vicky. Uh, a robot. Yes, a robot girl who is strong and good at just about everything. So, yeah, I think <laughs> I don't think Vicky would have a chance, but actually, here's an interesting thing. Right. Remember, we were talking about Skyfire on our episode when we were talking about mm -hmm. you know, our childhood toys. And again, you can see my Jetfire over there. Okay. So, what do you think about Jetfire versus Rick Hunter piloting a Veritech? Uh, what in the what, what, where? Uh, Rick Hunter. Okay, from Robotech. I watched you learned, very hmm. little Robotech. And that which I did, I don't remember anymore. So, yeah, because ah. uh, the Veritech, that's the, the mold that the Jetfire toy was based on. So it's Jetfire versus original Jetfire. Yeah, except the uh, the Robotech, the Veritech wasn't a sentient robot. It was controlled by a human pilot. Well, I would have to say the Robotech, and here's my reason. In the cartoon, they describe Skyfire as like some scientist, so he's probably not as willing to kill and maim and destroy as the human piloting whatever Robotech that's Roboteching. Actually, and I think it would depend on which version of Rick Hunter we used, because it, 
if you're using Robo uh, Rick Hunter early on in his career, he didn't start out as a fighter pilot. He started out as a stunt pilot uh, in an air show. And he was kind of thrown into this whole Robotech war and had to figure out how to, you know, pilot the uh, Veritech on his own. But I think if we did take the, the if we did take the Rick Hunter from the later episodes where he does have some combat experience under his belt, yeah, I think I could see him winning that because, uh, as you mentioned, Jetfire is primarily a, a scientist and not a soldier. Yeah, plus you got to remember Jetfire, Skyfire, Firefire. He <laughs> kind of conveniently disappears halfway through the series. All of a sudden, you just never hear, see him or hear from him again. Yeah, and I think he played a little more significant role in some of the comics. But yeah, the G1 Mostly cartoon... Mostly the second season. Yeah, the, the G1 cartoon didn't really give him much res much love. Uh, he Again, he had somewhat of a role in the Marvel comics. I think he... Excited, I, don't, I don't think he really came into his own until the some of the later G1 well, there, reboot there, comics from like ID, IDW mm, and... There was an interesting episode, it might have been his origin story, that I, I, I thought was interesting where um, you know he's describing, you know, I was a scientist back before there were these two factions and Starscream was my best friend and now he was all shocked to see Starscream being so dastardly. Yeah, that's uh, that was his first appearance, yeah. so yeah, he would I think it's yeah, Rick Hunter would most likely defeat Jetfire unless we were taking the 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 fresh you know, the fresh into the fight I don't know how to say that, but basically a younger Rick Hunter when he was still getting used to this. But yeah, he as I recall, Rick Hunter did become a very dangerous and very capable pilot. So yeah, later Rick Hunter I think would definitely kick uh Jetfire's shiny metal butt. Okay, next. Give me another one. See, I can't think of... Okay. Uh, All right. All right. Um, Optimus Prime versus Bender. <laughs> you know Bender would destroy. Bender has this, in a, in, in, this ability to open his door on his stomach and pull out any random thing. He's been a popcorn maker a soda machine, a barbecue grill. He's made of dolomite, so he survived <laughs> lava to retrieve the fossilized dog. I, I think Optimus Prime would he win. He smokes and drinks and <laughs> acts on TV. He's got a twin e uh, good brother, because he's the evil twin, Flexo, on his side. And he's friends with uh, Calculon. Oh, no, Bender. No, Bender. No, Bender. Optimus Prime. Bender. Optimus Prime all Bender. the way. He's got Bender. the ion cannon that would fry Bender's Doesn't matter. Butt. Okay, Optimus Prime has spent way too much time fighting that inept moron, <laughs> Megatron. That when he gets a real villain, like Bender, he's going to lose. So you think, ben, you think Bender's a real villain? <laughs> yeah. Haven't <laughs> you watched that show? I haven't seen it in a while. Well, I know he's a. I know he's a he's bit a, of a jerk. I don't think I'd call him a villain. <laughs> I know he's he's, he's manipulative. And, well, he does have that bomb. Well, there was that one episode where they did plant a bomb in him. Yeah. But it, and I guess it's still active. It's just there's this one. It's it's set to go off. Bender's if he the one says, who once said, "If there are children, if how did he put it? 
I guess if you want children beaten, you have to do it yourself. <laughs> but Optimus Prime is bigger than Bender. Now, I guess maybe if we could, like, shrink Optimus Prime or make Bender larger. Yeah, like the one where he becomes as big as New York. <laughs> I don't remember that episode. Uh, It was one of those anthology ones where it's like the what if these the what if machine okay well what about bender versus megatron going with the you know whole villain versus villain here <laughs> bender oh come on megatron can subdimensionally link his his cannon to a black hole when i don't think do that, that in the cartoons when did he do that in the cartoons um mm? Mm? Uh, what about when he was reforming to galvatron galvatron blew up a planet and he, remember, he turned Starscream into Ash, so I don't know. I think... No, that was doing everybody a favor. <laughs> that is true. No, I don't know, because I think that would be an interesting thing, you know, Galvatron versus Bender, because both are basically insane. Um, but yeah, I think Galvatron would vaporize Bender. I, I, It's unfortunate, but probably. Yeah, and well, I think we've pretty much uh, exhausted this topic for now. I mean, of course, when we, we discuss nerd rage, um, well, not nerd rage, but we didn't when we discuss... Baymax. Huh? What about Baymax? What, what do you mean, Baymax? That was the big, floofy, white robot from Big Hero 6. I haven't seen that movie, so... Oh, that's a good movie. You should see that. But, I, you know, of course, there's tons of combinations, of course, we could discuss, and again, it's one of those things. Who would win in a fight no one's going to agree on everything. Lemmy. Lemmy would beat all of these <laughs> Yes. Well, that's what we've had planned for today's topic. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed listening to Dan and I ramble about uh, big robots and uh, who would win in fights. So, the again, please feel free to visit POIGamestudio.com and please visit Point of Insanity Game Studio on Facebook. Uh, you can download the podcast, of course, on iTunes or Podbean. And uh, Dan, if people want to hear more of, from you, where can they find you? Um, well, uh, usually during the week I'm at work. So you, <laughs> you really can't talk to me there. Uh, this is the thing. They, they really frown upon having visitors come in unannounced. And you might get in trouble for breaking down these uh, security doors. Um but if you'd like to listen to me over the internet, you can go and check out Radio Free Borderlands, where we discuss uh, all things D and D and other now, gaming isn't, things. Isn't Radio Free Borderlands your home for unfiltered D and D talk? He's doing my commercial. <laughs> hey, I you was did mine. To, I was trying to be nice to these people. <laughs> they don't want to hear that. Well, maybe they do. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, and we, I get to say cursing words. Yeah, and well, I've I've also been on a few of Dan's episodes. So cornhole. <laughs> well, that's so, not a cursing word. You can leave that in. Okay. Well, thanks again for tuning in, and hope you enjoyed today's show. And uh, have a good evening or morning or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. And happy gaming. Hey, we forgot uh, Tom Servo and Crow. Tom Servo and Crow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can discuss that another day. Good. Have a good one, everybody.